And then what did you do for the the hair? Did you take some of the hair from the rest of his head or like, how'd you make it look like an eyebrow? Thank God he's had plenty of back hair. So I cut <laughs> off some of that. <laughs> well, it's good because they're short little hairs too, right? It's easy to depending work on, Depending on the guy. <laughs> well, yeah, fair. We were good. We were good, man. Coming to us from Toronto, today we got Kyle. How's it going, Kyle? He is a funeral director, mortician. Um, he's at a, a low-cost, high-volume funeral home. Is that what you would describe it as? We'd love That's to just, hear. Yeah. yeah, I'd love to hear what kind of style of funeral home you work at and um, how it kind of works with the funeral home that you work for. For sure, for sure. So we, um, we're we not your typical funeral home. not saying I haven't worked at your traditional style yeah. in the past, but so our our fees are very low. Uh, okay. We save a lot of that money with upkeep. So we don't have our own chapel. Uh, essentially, we we use other chapels and we have they all have a rental fee that we use. So By, is it, I'm sorry to cut, is it like a storefront? Like what is your, do you have a main location or is everything kind of online? How does it work? No, no. So, so we do have a main location. Um, okay. I guess, I guess if you had to, you would call it a warehouse space. Oh, okay. But we have, we have an office area. Like I have my own desk. Um, nice. We have an office area. We have an arrangement office. We do do majority of our arrangements uh, via email and over the phone. Got it. Um, but if family wants to come in, they can come in. Yeah. Uh, I, I, have a desk. I have the I have the prep room table to call as my desk. <laughs> well, well, even even our prep room prep room guys they have a desk. Uh, That's we, we nice. try to give everybody somewhere to sit down when you need I to. I live in. <laughs> oh man, um, yeah. So oh, we so um, like warehouse okay. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, we do plenty of in-person arrangements. I had like four or five this Saturday, so we really? do quite a bit. Yeah. That's, that's my favorite part of the job personally. Yeah. Um, we, yeah, so we save a lot of our costs that way. Um, Which you don't have, you don't kind of have the overhead of a large facility that a lot of funeral homes, like that's their primary cost of just keeping the doors open cost everything. Yeah. Not even close. Not even close. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that allows us to have more staff too, because yes. um, I was listening to one of your podcasts. They said they have like 40 staff per location. That's nuts. We don't have anything like that. Yeah. 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 She, they said it's just crazy there and they literally have like the most intricate scheduling process, like on top of each other because, and they have so many, I just, I have a hard time cause I've never been at a huge high volume. I've been at like two medium size. Don't do it. Volume firms. So it just, it's hard for me to like imagine it because yeah. I think we have a hard time like juggling things, but I guess if you have it systematized, maybe it helps. Maybe you could talk about that. Like, how does it work for you guys? I mean, I joke and I say, don't do it, but I wouldn't change my job for the world. Um, <laughs> so the way we make it work is we divide ourselves into two teams. Okay. So we have one team that handles direct cremations uh, and all other, all other cremations. Whereas my team, we handle the, we handle the burials. Um, but we, oh. If someone's having a cremation with a full full funeral service beforehand, my side takes care of that. Um, I feel terrible for our cremation team uh, because they are absolutely nuts. Our, our I'm not going to go into pricing, but our, our cremation price is very low considering. Uh, so, yeah, their phone is just ringing nonstop. My roommate is on that team, actually, and I feel for her every day. 
Yeah. So all you guys talk about is death all day long. <laughs> you know, I, I'd say we try not to talk about it at home, but we do. It's all we talk about. Yeah, it's yeah. it's tough not to. That's for sure. But at least you have someone to kind of get things off your chest if you have a hard day. It's helpful, like this stuff, like talking to you and everyone else. It helps that someone can relate to your situation because very little people can. Oh, Mike, you, yeah, it helps so much. It's it's very yeah. easy. You know, you know as well as I do. Our days yeah. aren't easy. No, I mean, we may have the odd day where it's nice, but there are some days where we just want to rip our hair out. Yeah. It's nice being able to come home, make dinner with my roommate and be like, so today sucked, right? You know, it helps. <laughs> so yeah. um, for the cremation side of things, do you guys have a, a bunch of retorts there on, on site too? Are you outsourcing that as well? So yes and no. Uh, so a lot of these, a lot of the funeral homes, at least in Ontario, uh, they are, at least when the corporate ones, which we happen to be, are owned, are owned by a certain co- corporation or company that also owns crematoriums. Oh. So we can include those crematorium fees on our contract as our own. Um, and then we just use those those crematoriums. And it helps with the cost as well because it's all under the same umbrella. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's really smart. Like that's a good, I mean, it's you guys are crazy. So it obviously is working. It's just a good business model and very different than a lot of firms. It helps. Like we have, we have employees, uh, drivers, um, transfer staff who spend pretty much their whole day just transferring to and from the crematorium sometimes. I believe it. Have you ever done that job? Have you ever been in that position? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't, I really have to do that here. The only time I will, would have to do it is if everybody's sick. Um, yeah. and it's funny cause I find, I find we work ourselves so hard sometimes that we're always kind of sick. Uh, it's just part of the job, right? <laughs> Um, it's got to suck it up and, uh, bear it and keep going. Exactly. Exactly. But at the, at one of my previous homes that I worked at, that was the second half of my day every day. Yeah. Yeah. And, and sometimes, sometimes, uh, we had to drive very far during the day cause we had, a an agreement with a funeral home that, um, did alkaline hydrolysis, which I'm sure you're familiar yeah. with. Sure. Yeah. That's a nasty process. Yeah, I, I've never actually seen it. I, I oh. know about it just from talking to people, but I've never seen it. So t- what is nasty about it? I mean, and so I've only ever I've only ever seen it once. Okay. Um, I hope your, your, your viewers have strong or your listeners have strong yeah, stomachs. It's, it's, um, all, it's all people like us. So don't worry. It's essentially, it. they essentially gooify you. Um, the person's right. put in there without any clothes or anything, and then it's filled yeah. up with a watery solution and... It just turns you into a goo that then dries into a into your remains, and it's it's weird because the remains are like a yellowish tint. That's different than what I was I've been told. Yeah, so at I least in, in my experience, at least in my yeah. experience, they have almost a yellowish tint to them, and it's they look completely different from ashes or cremated remains. Really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Because like when you see cremated remains, you know it has more of that grayish white type of look. And right. I would never, I would never call it yellow. That's for sure. No, not at all. Never. Huh? Yeah. At least it's in my experience, it may not be always be the case. No, but, I, it, yeah. it very well could be because I've never seen it. And I'm like, that's because I've heard it's like pristine white is what I was told. So, so I, I've heard, I've heard that too, but I've never seen it with my own eyes. And maybe it could be the machines. I, I who knows if they're machines. Have you know what? Be. It could always have something to do with cause of death too. Right, so. it could be a jaundice. Maybe jaundice yeah. has I something to do with it. I have no idea. It's you never very know. Interesting though. Yeah, I, I do. Uh, I, I will admit I don't know very much about it. I've, um, I mean, it's it's relatively new in Canada, so yeah. I, I, know I mean, it's different. still very new here. Like you do not. There's there's not 
a single one in Chicago city limits. I think they're trying to open actually someone that I know well that I, we work with. He's trying to open the first one. I'm pretty sure. And it's just like a lot of red tape because it's such a new thing. That yeah. It's such a great government area. Is still, still trying to figure it out. I feel, but I mean, Hey, if there's demand for it, all the power to him. Right. Exactly. Might as well go for it and, you know, do it for all the firms that kind of need it in the area. If, if everybody can offer it nearby, that's great. Exactly. So you yeah. do a lot of arrangements. That is that most of your day, or what else uh, does your day kind of consist of? Most of my day is out on services. Um, oh, general services. Majority of okay. my day is out on services. Um, yeah. So, not right now because we've recently hired quite a few more staff, and things are starting to. I mean, the busy season started to curb, right? Um, busy season One never. What am I talking about? It never does. It never really. Does. <laughs> Um, but yeah, there were times where I was going out on, uh, two or three services a day it was, it was Dang. nuts. It, it was crazy. Yeah. Um, it's a full day. I, I, yeah. Oh, I yeah. gotta ask a question. Cause I, I know from my experience, are you starving during the day? Like, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like when you go on like a long day of like back to back funerals, I'm like, man, I'm so hungry. It's three o'clock. Like I can't wait to eat. <laughs> so let me tell you, man, I'm a diabetic too. So okay, there are eating. there are days where like no matter what without fail I will not leave the office until I've eaten breakfast. Um, <laughs> no, even if it's just a couple yogurt cups, like I I got to do it. Yeah. But I will always bring something with me. I have to, and it's funny because there are days where I'm heading I'm heading to the to the grave and the coach, and I'm just eating a bag of nuts or eating an apple or something. <laughs> and, and, and it's, it's hilarious. Cause I've just, I got to get it in. Otherwise it's bad. Like there have been times where I'm driving back to the office to get ready for my next. And I'm like, I could use a nap or something. There's only so much coffee in the world. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's a full day. I mean, a it bunch is, of it is. like that's exhausting because you got to be on your a game. Yeah. And I think that's some, like the advantage for me of being able to kind of do both sides of the funeral yeah. director and undertaking quote unquote side is that you can kind of not have to be on your absolute a game, at least like talking and think, I don't know. I get energy from talking to people like you. So maybe it's different, but for some people I know that's like kind of a draining, draining thing. Well, it, at the time it's not, but as soon as you stop doing for a few minutes, you find you're just dead. Yeah. Um, no pun intended. Uh, but, but yeah, like I, I'm very hands-on with my families. I'm, I'm very personable apparently. Um, and so they I'm, say, in I'm, chat reviews. <laughs> I'm chatty. My coworkers would tell you that they can't shut me up. Uh, so, you know, there's, there's always that one member of the family that just wants to talk to you the whole time, every time. Yeah. And yeah. they love, they love Kyle. Um, I'm, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm good with them. I'm hands-on with them. But as soon as I get in the coach to drive away, it, it, uh, it hits over like a, uh, like a wave. Yeah, yeah. I believe it. Yeah. But you get, uh, you, you get used to it. I mean, it's I'm sure it's worse. It's just like anything. Like you get used to just like some of the other people that, you know, we've had on the show that have these crazy volumes, you just kind of get used to it. And if you're, if you've never been in it, like me, it's just hard to be like, how do you do it? But I guess if you just get used to it, it's like, I only do this specific part of the entire job, like, and I'm zoned in on it. And I just, yeah, and be able to do it repetitiously. That's yeah. See, I, I do all, I do all of it. I, um, yeah. I'll, I'll prep, I'll do arrangements. I do services. Um, generally we have person, a person who's in the prep room all day. Um, yeah, so how do I, they determine when you have to do it and when you don't, or how does that work? Hey, who wants to do the prep today? <laughs> um, cause we usually have an embalmer. We don't at the moment. 
Um, okay. So really, so there, and so in Ontario, I don't know how it works in the states, but in Ontario, there's two license classes. There, well, there's there's other cl- licenses as well, but for funeral directors especially, there's class yeah. one and class two. Class two can't embalm. Oh, they can, okay. They can arrange, they can direct, but they can't they can't do arterial embalming. Uh, whereas nope. class one can, and I'm I'm a class one director. Got it. Got it. Yeah. I think that varies based on the state. I'm pretty. Sure. I think so. I, I'm yep. I'm almost certain. I know in Illinois, it's like a dual. Like you have to be both. So okay. it, it it's funny because you have some people that want absolutely nothing to do with the prep room. Yeah. But they have to go through schooling and have to go through you know uh, the morgue training or embalming mm-hmm. cases because they want to be a licensed funeral director and they have mm-hmm. no aspirations in being there, but they still have to do it. So I think it's a good thing because it helps them to be able to explain to the families at least a little bit of what's going on if they've never had experience. So I, I can understand the reasoning behind it. I, I think I can, I completely understand. Even if you don't do it physically, you still need to understand it. Right. Uh, I mean, if, if you're dealing with the family and they ask you and you're trying to put, you're trying to encourage embalming or recommend it or whatever, and you start talking about it and you can't explain what it is, that's a problem. Right. You know, yep. so you don't necessarily have to do it, but you at least need to understand what it is. Um, yeah. So, for example, in in Ontario, at least when you are um, planning on owning an establishment, okay. you 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 have to generally have a class one license. Got um, it. Okay. Mostly because uh, a, a class one license needs to be on needs to be on the ownership. It can't be a class two. Uh, oh. And and I guess that makes sense. I mean, you need to be able to explain things a lot more thoroughly. You need to have a full understanding of everything. Yeah. 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 And I think that prohibits some people from kind of, I wouldn't say pulling a fast one, but so that's for like a layman term where they would want to come into an industry that they know like not that much about, but they see like the dollar signs, but you want more people that are like actually going to be able to be in there, do the work and know that they're in it for all their appropriate reasons. I don't know. That's just maybe me. No, I I absolutely agree with you. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Because you yeah. can see that that could go different ways if you're on, you know, if you don't have to have a license like on the door or wherever in the office or whatever it is. For sure. I mean, it's one thing to arrange and direct with the family, but if you're the owner, you're the owner. Right. You know, you're you're in charge. If anything yeah. bad happens, it's on you. So, exactly. I do. I do feel for my manager sometimes. It must be a scary, scary life for him. I know. Just. Uh, <laughs> Imagine dealing with all those different people and trying. It's just the coordinating that that's got to be so much, and you're always got to be on and yep. like kind of funneling it to yes. your whole team. It's it's tough. Oh yeah, managing a team of three or four people is one thing, but we have like twenty employees on our staff. Wow. Yeah, that's a split time. split relatively evenly between uh, drivers. So we only we only have two driver staff, transfer staff. Um, oh okay. Yeah, but between that we have. I'm just ballparking. I'm not thinking of everybody at the moment, but I'd say almost eight and eight on each side. Wow. Not all of us are licensed. Not all of us yeah. are licensed. Yeah. Um, but obvi- it's, I think it's pretty obvious the ones who aren't licensed do certain things and the ones who are do. Um, yeah. But the ones who, who aren't are incredible. They do everything that they possibly can with the exception of, you know, embalming and going on services. Right. That's But great. it's great. It's That's great, too, because a lot of the time they'll work as an FDA with us because they can do that. So... Really? Okay. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't yeah. know that. Okay. That mm-hmm. makes sense. That makes sense. And yeah, because you don't need any license training for that. So. Right, and it's it's a good way to staff it because if you're trying to save on cost, you don't want to have sixteen licensed funeral directors. Like you're going to save a ton of from a business standpoint, of course. Like you're going to save a ton by having 
you know, half your staff that are going to be a more affordable option, but clearly still absolutely the work that they need to. Definitely. Yeah. 100%. I, uh, my, my company is, they're very smart, very business savvy. I'll give them that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, That's not so much great. myself. They are, though. <laughs> At least somebody knows what they're doing. <laughs> exactly. Oop, that's a death call here. Hold on just a second. All right, I think the students got it. I'm sorry about that. You know, we've been seeing a lot more business come in ever since we started Mortuary Marketing. And I got to tell you, all the few homes we work with, are they're saying the same thing. So what do we do? We run ads on Google and other similar sites that get directed at families that need a funeral home in your area. It then brings them to a page that we've designed for you that gets the family to call you to inquire for your services. It's really increased our volume big time. It's working for my funeral home, and I think most parlors could really benefit from its uses. I put a bunch of information in the podcast description. Go check it out. I'm always happy to help talk with you and answer any questions you might have. All right, let's get back to our morbid discussion. Uh, so tell me more about like what the I'm, I'm kind of trying to picture your facility and you call it a factory so now i'm like my brain is turning so it's it not like, it's really so it's really not a factory uh, um a warehouse but what a, is it like a giant room is there like multiple kind of prep rooms where you store the bodies is there giant coolers or how does it work for so okay so essentially where our front door is you walk in and there's a reception area with an arrangement office right beside it uh, on the other side of that room is another door that leads into our office space uh, okay. where, you know, all of our desks are and our our uh, beloved coffee machine that I wouldn't last two seconds without. Uh, so that's where we are. And, and the room is kind of split evenly between cremations and funerals. And yeah. then um, behind that area, there's it leads into there's a bathroom in there. And then uh, just outside is a manager office and then the, the kitchen lunch area. Um, yep. In that room, we have another room, which is our locker room. Uh, so it's not—it's great. We don't have to wear suits all day. Um, I mean, I, I look absolutely fabulous in a suit, but it's—it's it's nice. You don't have to wear them all day. So we've right. got—we've got nice shirts with our logo on it that are actually incredibly comfortable. I think more uh, and more funeral homes are going that route, especially. Yeah. I, I can't believe, like back in the day, they would be in the prep room in their full suit. I'm like, this That's is crazy, and you're going to ruin your suit. First of all, no second of all, it's so uncomfortable being in a suit all day, especially if you're trying to move bodies and all that stuff. I, I think it's such a nice thing when funeral homes kind of say, Hey, you can wear, you know, a polo or a quarter zip with our logo yeah. or whatever, whatever. And it makes a huge, huge difference. Um, yeah. but yeah. And then, uh, we have a big open back area. Um, so we, yeah. How big are we talking? Big. Um, so it's, it, oh man, I can't even tell you size, but it's, 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 excuse my, I'm not going to say it, but F and huge. Um, so on is it the it's, size it's, of a Canadian football field. <laughs> good one. Uh, close enough, man. Uh, so we've got two, oh, no. we've got, it's split into three though. And on one side, we've got uh, a few, one of our funeral coaches. Um, and then okay. we've got, we also keep our towel and sheet storage there, uh, along with our washing machines. And then behind that, there's a little section, which is where we keep all of our caskets. Um, and then on the other side is our other coach and our little, uh, it's split and there's a little urn station there where we fill our urns, nice. um, along with all of the direct cremation containers. Um, and then in the, and a shelf with tools cause my boss loves his tools. And then in the yeah. middle, we've got a huge area where, where our uh, transfer vehicles come and go. 
which is directly connected to our walk-in fridge and our oh. walk-in and our walk-in cooler uh is massive yeah um How there's there's space for over 100 people i believe wow and right now huge. at the current moment in time it's relatively full holy cow that yeah. is busy now yeah. that's busy right there yeah, it, it usually about, is. I mean, about, we, where does all the embalming take place then? Right? Are, is there a separate room, or is it? I out was in the getting open? that. I was getting there. Okay. So I was hoping, um, I was hoping like that it was out in the open in this giant room that you're embalming, and there's like all this space around. Because most prep great. rooms are tiny, you know. Like I was yeah. hoping it was going to be in this warehouse. Like I wish I would, table. I would, I would Damn. absolutely kill for a prep room that big, man. That'd um, be so cool. It's great. I will never forget. I was at a I was at a funeral home years ago that I worked at for a brief time. Their funeral, their funeral, their prep room was no bigger than a bathroom. It was awful. Oh, yeah, it was. You couldn't move, and I'm a big guy too. So like moving yeah. around the table was a nightmare. And yeah. if you're cooped up in there, like imagine you got three or four preps to do in a day, and you in this tiny room, it would just be miserable. Yeah. Um, I actually, I really like our prep room. It's not massive. It's not like the entire garage. It's not that great. Mm -hmm. But um, we have two tables in there for actual embalmings with two machines. Um, we've got a, a side table where we put all of our tools, another side table with cabinets above it for our fluids. Um, we've got a little, little area where we keep all of all clothing, uh, all labeled and locked down, ready to go. Um, and then That's a locker. That's a hugely important thing for you doing that oh. amount of volume is tagging all the appropriate. You can't mess up personal effects, man. That's a nightmare. No. I have no. heard horror stories. Um, and then we've got lockers for the people who are regular in the prep room, like to keep a set of prep clothes in there. Yeah. Um, you know, Crocs and a t-shirt. Yeah, <laughs> now we're talking my language. <laughs> right? I know. And then, and then we've got two uh, uh, dressing tables in that area, too. So our prep room is quite large. Yeah, that's that sounds pretty good size. Yeah, not good at all. And it's always kept pristine white. That's good. Yeah, that's we got to keep it clean. We we move. Um, when we you work with that many volume. people, you have to. Yeah, when we have such high volume like that, you have to be cleaning it constantly. Yeah, yeah. It is. Is that the job of like uh, assistants or are the funeral directors that are embalming? Kind of who? Who's if you're to that, I feel like that could be a job in itself. <laughs> If you're prepping, you clean up after yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, uh, and it's a good rule. It's only fair. Yeah. 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 But so that being said, we have so many employees, uh, but we're, we're actually that busy that st we still need to outsource from time to time. That is crazy. And not from time to time, pretty regularly, actually. Um, I don't know how it works in the States, uh, but at least, at least in Ontario, we have what's known as quite a few transfer services. Yep. You do. Okay. Yeah. Where they, they we do. Like, we would call it like or, a removal team or something. So you kind of outsource who's making yeah, the transfers okay. and things. Okay. I was going to say, thank God you guys have that too. Otherwise your people will be working like animals. Oh no, no. It's definitely yeah. a thing. Especially okay. I mean, a bigger, bigger funeral homes, even more so that you need to do it. There's yeah. no doubt. During the evening, we don't send our staff. We send uh, transfer teams. Yeah. Oh, Okay. Okay. We always have a director on call, but we do. We don't send our staff. Got it. So, what yeah. about during the day if there's a pickup that needs to be made? Is that different or? Yeah. So, so during the day we have we have a transfer team. Uh, during the day from eight to eight to five, we we send them out. Uh, we have so we have two guys, and we generally will send one oh, of so we'll, 
What's that? That's it. Yeah, I know. I'm surprised. I know, man. I feel for oh, them sometimes. Poor guys. That, that is horrible. I can't I imagine you, their backs. I thought you would have five or six. <laughs> you'd think. You'd think. I can't imagine their backs. So luckily, a lot of the time in Ontario anyway, transfers, a lot of them can be done with one person. Um, really? Things like nursing homes generally require two, but most hospitals, it's one. Um, yeah, security guards at the hospital will generally help. That's nice. I guess for us, like hospitals always, I mean, I could count on my one cup, two hands, the amount of times I went with two people. Like I always go by myself, yeah. but nursing homes, like I would still say we would oftentimes just send one. It would be on the house calls. That's when we're always, you have to send two, of course. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Of course. Um, those are the urgent ones too. So that's, it makes it even more challenging to coordinate during the day. In truth, a lot of the time, um, home removals, we will outsource because we can't guarantee a timeline because our staff, our drivers are always out. Um, that yeah, makes sense. Always out. Okay. So, yeah. so that's, that's not as horrible. Like I was thinking that, okay, we just got a house call. We have to go to this part of the city. Now we just got another one. We have to go 30 minutes away. Now we have to, go. that would just sound. Goodness. Like, no, that would be horrible. It would be okay. horrible. So at least they um, know. Hey, I got a removal at this hospital, this hospital, this hospital. That's yeah. what my day kind of looking like. All right, cool. Yeah, so um, that's actually a big part of what my roommate does in the morning. First things, first thing she does, uh, she um, makes um, a whole list of, of jobs for them. And um, they kind of go off that. But we do get yeah. urgent removals. And we always, before we outsource anything, if any of our staff is available, we do ask them first. Because there's still, you know, overtime money to be made. Like, um, yeah. a lot of the time... We, a lot of time, every day, we have after hours transfers that need to be done. Um, yeah. Before we outsource, we send a message. So we use a program that everybody can kind of check on their phones at all times. Um, before anything is outsourced, we ask, is anybody available to do this after hours? Got it. And it's, it's great. A lot of the time, one of our drivers will just get up a couple hours early and bring them in on his way in. Because nothing's going to get done until the morning anyways, right? Exactly. Also right when somebody passes away, we don't get, we don't get the the removal release from the hospital. It takes a few hours. Sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That, I mean, that makes sense to do that. And if you could earn a couple extra bucks, like, you know, why yeah. not do it? If you and it's, it's not, it's not bad. Like we, we make okay money for it. It's a, it's considered a couple of hours added to our overtime. So that's solid. Uh, I'm happy to take any corner calls. The corner's office is 20 minutes away from my home. Oh, that's easy then. Good yeah. Deal. I don't mind at all. So, <laughs> Not uh, what, what percent are, are you guys seeing cremation versus burial uh, in Canada? I, I have a feeling it's probably similar to where I am, but I'm curious. 70-30? Okay. 70-30, maybe 65-35 cremation? Yeah, I think we're... Yeah. I mean, my funeral home's a little bit different, but I think the surrounding area, probably 60-40, 70. Yeah. Could be 65, but it's like right around the same, so it's yeah. in the ballpark. It's very close. It's definitely very close. Yeah. I mean, personal opinion, cremation's the way to go. The price of cemetery property is nuts. Yeah, it's getting it's getting crazier by the day too. You're running out of space, man. Do you guys so so it seems like you do have a lot of full service cremations. Yes. Are you using uh rental caskets or are you using temporary caskets? What nope. what is your normal So my place actually we don't have a rental casket. Okay. Um, we do have traditional caskets, but we've also got a lot of, obviously, you know, the MDF casket. Um, What's that? That's made out of MDF wood. Uh, it's it's very, it's got a smooth finish, but it's not, 
there's nothing fancy, overtly fancy about it. Yeah, um, so we would call that like maybe a cremation casket, maybe. Yeah, that- see, so a lot of places like us, we for when it's for a direct cremation, we have what's known as a we call it our cremation container, but it's just cardboard, yeah. just yeah, straight cardboard. A, yep. Mm-hmm. A lot of families are perfectly okay. So it, it's I I would never do this, but a lot of families are perfectly okay with seeing their their loved one in that. We'll just oh. we'll fold over a top and we'll put a sheet over it. You know, yeah. some people are okay with that. Again, I would never do that. Um, but we also have quite a few other viewing options as well. Like we, you, if you'd like, you can use a traditional casket. Our traditional caskets are significantly lower in cost than a lot of other places too. Oh, wow. um, but we have caskets that are meant specifically for viewing. Um, right. And they're relatively cheap. They're in like the $500, $700 range. So, yeah. yeah it's I, th- not- I think you don't, you would ideally not want to overwhelm the crematory with full caskets every time. Like, <laughs> I worked no. at a crematory, and that would be that'd be tough. So it's nice to have like those ones that are kind of made for it specifically. Yeah, of course, and and I know the I know our crematoriums appreciate it too. Yeah, for sure. I can for sure. Yeah. Makes their life that much easier, especially with the level of volume they have, right? Right, right. Yeah. What is your favorite part uh, about your job now, or like in overall, like over your years at other funeral homes? Like, what has your been your favorite part? Uh, okay, so my hands down, my favorite part of the job is being in the prep room. Um, oh, that's I interesting. Love it. I love it. When, now. I love it when people are leaving me alone and I can listen to music and do my thing. Straight You're up. Such a talker, though. I'm shocked. I know. I can't do it all the time, man. I need a break from time to time. I um, yeah. But if I had to choose an absolute favorite about my job, it's it's meeting with my families, getting to know them, and helping them when they're having a, a tough go. Like yeah. I, it's not always that easy to do it at a funeral home, but. When I am the first person to meet with a family, I would like to be with that family from start to finish. Right. Yep. Not always easy to do, but if I get the opportunity to do that, I will take it and I will take it as best I can. Um, Sure. I've been there. Like I know uh, I I became a funeral director when I lost somebody I love. And uh, I felt that. Yeah, I was going to ask you, how did you even start, you know, becoming a funeral director? So you can tell us about that. I used to be in the electrical field, actually. My um, my dad suddenly passed away, and I was I was really close with my dad. I took it, thank you. I took it very, uh, very poorly. Um, yeah, and it was crazy. The last conversation I had with him, literally the day before he died, was uh, he he came home. I came home from work. Can I swear on this podcast, or should I yes. try to avoid doing that? Okay, no. uh, I came home from work, and I I was walking into my 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 basement there and he's like son come here i'm like yeah what 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 what's up <laughs> you come home every day and you're a miserable son of a bitch quit your job <laughs> i wish it was that easy he's like, your mom and, and i will support you you always wanted to be in something you know that to help people so wow. figure it out while you still have time and then the next day he dies. exactly you know what i mean crazy right and then the next that day is, he was I gone mean, if you don't if you don't take that as a sign i don't know what what else you could I had no choice, man. I had to, right? Yeah, Unbelievable. And so, did, uh, you, so, did you decide like right away, or did it take some time, or how, how did it work? Oh, so the, the story is not over, my friend. Um, so, I thought about something, and originally, I I always wanted to be a psychologist, to be honest. Okay. Um, I thought about it, and uh, it took the day of my dad's funeral. A friend of mine, a family friend of mine, who uh, is an embalmer, uh, he came. He came, 
and he took me aside and he said, look, why don't you come to work with me? I think you'd make a good funeral director. Uh, I've known you for years. You're a good guy. Um, just, just give it a go. See what you think. Yeah. And I did like a couple of days later. Um, I was still dealing with everything, but yeah. uh, he took me into the prep room. He showed me everything and I was intrigued. And then he met, uh, I met with a family with him. I didn't say much, but I was there and yeah, I kind of felt like, yeah, I can do this. I can do this. And I've never looked back. Um, I mean, that's a fast turnaround from going for, through something like really, really tough. Yeah, it was. And, and if I'm being honest, um, the, the school, the program really helped me get through my grief. Wow. I, I often say like it saved my life. I was, I couldn't, I was really close to my dad. So I took it really hard. Yeah. Uh, but it, it changed, changed me as a person entirely. It completely opened my eyes to something different and I've never that's looked back. so cool. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Thank you. I'm so happy to hear that. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. You just gotta, you just gotta love to hear, you know, people finding their lane and like what they were meant to kind of be, and that, that's just yeah, really exciting. I love that. Love to hear. I that. mean, it's a hard job, and there are some days oh, yeah. where I question, what am I even doing? But yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do. Everybody, no job is easy, and I'd rather have a job that challenges me every day, and in truth, helps me sleep better because I'm putting a little bit of good in the world. Right. Exactly. You're doing something yeah. that's that's putting good stuff out there and helping people. And that's what most of us, I think are in it for. And it, it's what helps us get through those hard times is the good times with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And while, while we're on the subject, what made you become a director? Well, I'm a, I'm a family. So oh, oh, my, no choice. Great, I had no choice. No, my dad <laughs> always gave me a choice. He good. actually kind of tried to discourage me. That makes uh, sense. Does. He listens to every show, so I can say he doesn't care. But he definitely, <laughs> when I when I mentioned it to him, I was like, Dad, I think I think I want to do it. And he's like, you sure you want to do that? And I was like, yeah, I think I do. He's like, well, finish college first. And like, if you still want to, then we could talk about it. Then I was like, I still want to do it. He's like, are you sure? <laughs> so he definitely was not like, let's go. Because he knows how tough it can be. And especially owning your own, it's it adds a whole different level of challenge and stress because <sighs> – you have to operate a business at the same time as dealing with all these other challenges. So it is a very hard thing. But um, once, you know, he gave me that nod, I was like, let's go, like it's go time. And um, you. You know, I, I, I had some like little, little things that kind of nudged me in that direction. And, and that was it. So, uh, you know, I'm could not be happier, could not feel more blessed about it. That's for that's sure. Great. That's, that's, that's such a great story to hear. Yeah. Fantastic, man. Yeah. Uh, you got any kids? You planning on making them uh, be funeral directors or telling them? I don't. Do I don't at the moment. Uh, and I, I think I would be when I do eventually. My dad, I will be just like my dad. That I'll be like, "Are you sure you want to do it?" <laughs> I'm sure he's super proud of you, though, man. He is. He is, and I'm very, very lucky to have him. He helps me out um, all the time. Like he always says, he uh, he does me a solid whenever there's something to be done in the prep room and I'm busy or doing something or doing a show like this, or uh, if I'm on vacation, he's like, I did you a solid. If he make makes a layout for me or, That's you know, great. boxes up a cremation. So he's always, he's always got me in his best interest. So it's, it's nice having someone that's I'm, I'm so close with just like you were with your dad. So I yeah. can totally feel for you in that situation. That's fantastic, man. It's great to have that level of support. Yeah, it really is. Sorry, I don't really know if you're the squeaks. I got a dog at home. So. Oh, all good. All good. So, uh, all right. Last question. I'll give you one more. Yeah. What has been like a crazy story that you've gone through, whether it's on the funeral side or in the prep room, something that our funeral directors would be like, oh, that is like a unique situation. I'm sure you've got a bunch, but give us like your, maybe your number one that you can think of be like, all right, that was, 
that was something that I just did or just had to go through. Um, I had to rebuild the face once. That was oh. was neat. Yeah, Rel- relatively early on in my career too. That's um, tough. Yeah, so what they had uh, they were in a motorcycle accident. Damn. Yeah, okay. and um, so what'd you do? Yeah, it was uh, a lot of wax work. Okay. Um, basically, so. Was it the whole thing, or was it one side? Like what it was a good about? section. It was most of it was the nose, um, Ooh, but okay. part of the like just above the eye um, yeah. was like gone. It's gone. It was essentially gone. Um, oh, so I I filled it in with wax and putty. Um, and That's then gotta the, be a lot. You use a lot. So much. So much. Oh my god! I was you in there for like hours. Containers of the whole thing. <laughs> I, I was in there for hours, man. Um, wow. and then I had to rebuild, uh, the eyebrow cause the eyebrow was gone. Yeah. Thank God for makeups because it didn't quite look right until I colored it properly. Right. Um, and then what did you do for the, the hair? Did you take some of the hair from the rest of his head or like, how'd you make it look like an eyebrow? Thank God he's had plenty of back hair. <laughs> So I cut off some of that. <laughs> well, it's good because they're short little hairs too, right? It's easy to work depending with. On, depending on the guy. <laughs> well, yeah, fair. We were good. We were good, man. Um, but the nose, oh, the nose was pure, pure putty. And it was funny because this was, I was maybe in my second year. Okay. Uh, yeah, as a director. Right, yeah. And the whole time I was thinking back to my restorative class. And I just sure. remembered, Kyle, you failed the eyebrow. And you failed the nose. What makes you think you could? <laughs> you can't do this. If it was the mouth or the eye itself, you'd be fine. <laughs> so much trial and error, man. I called my preceptor. So my preceptor, uh, uh-huh. back to that story of my dad, that guy who took me and made me do the observation became my preceptor. Oh, that's um, cool. He that. really helped me along the beginning of my career. Honestly, I owe him my career. and I, I love that man more than anything. That's um, awesome. I, I think I called him like three times. Hey, help me! Help me figure this out. What do you? What, what's next? Oh, just do this. Add this. Okay, lots of work. Um, I've had quite a few. I've had. Uh, That's a crazy one. I've dealt with some families during really, really horrible causes of death, where they yeah. still wanted to see them. Yeah, where it's um, not possible. Yeah. No, I. They still did though. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, waivers. Sometimes waivers. You have to, you have to have the waivers because there's only so much you can do in certain conditions that are like out of our control and you can try to deter a family as much as possible because we know that this is going to be traumatized. Like this will traumatize you, but sometimes they still, they're, they're fixated on seeing. And I'm, uh, I'm, um, a relatively, uh, how do I put this? A relatively inexperienced grief counselor, um, So I'm, I'm here to help if I can, but some yeah. families like that, how do you help them? Yeah. You know, the only thing you can do is just give them time. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Especially when it's that fresh. Jeez. Yeah. So we, um, we deal with a lot of coroner cases as well. So we do see quite a bit of the nastier stuff. Yeah. But it is what it is. Families still need the help, right? Absolutely. But then Absolutely. sometimes they need it even more. To be honest. Yeah, that's true. If you're going through like something, something that tough. Yeah. Okay, I know you said one more question, but if we're shooting stories of, of crazy go. things done, you got to give me one. Come on. I'm trying to think of like a good one that I haven't said. Um, you know what? There was one that I don't think I've said. Actually, I said it on 
one of my first shows and I had to take it down. I told you before there was uh-huh, like a little uh-huh. bit of a, a situation where there was name dropping of funeral homes and whatever, it doesn't matter. But I said it on the first episode and I had to delete it. So I'll say it here to you because I don't think I've said it since. I was on a removal coming straight from a funeral, literally went right from church to this family's house. And the family, I believe they were Vietnamese. They didn't speak any English. So I had a tough time trying to communicate, you know, where's the body at? Like, you know, help, help guide me on which way to go. There was probably 30 people in there and they were doing their their prayers and their chanting. And I was like, well, this is this is this is gonna be tough with all these people trying to get through got through. So eventually find out that this woman is down like the hallway with a kind of a bend. So obviously you gotta lift up the cot to get through. She mm-hmm. passed away on the ground. Of course, the entire family's following along as we make this removal. Yeah. I get her off off the floor onto the stretcher, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna push up to get her through this hallway. And my pants rip <laughs> from my ass all the way to the front. And I got this woman over my head and I'm like shaking. Cause I'm like, I know they can see like my, my underwear. Yeah. And I can't yeah. put her down cause she's over my head and I'm going through the whole family. Laughter cures all, I guess. Cause they started yeah. laughing from tears to laughter. And it was just, it was one of the more wild situations. Actually, that was the most crazy situation I've ever been in. And to this day, it still like makes me red thinking about that situation. But I, you, you got to laugh at it. It's it's too good. That's, That's really funny because I was going to ask you what your pant rib counter was. Oh, yeah. I've, I've had many, but that yeah. was by far my most embarrassing. Mostly, most of the time they're in my own. But I do go stretchy now. I buy nothing but stretchy. Smart since, man. Yeah. Smart man. The, past, the past like four, three or four years. I have yeah. not bought a pair of pants that doesn't have that little man stretch in them. <laughs> <laughs> I've ripped my pants so many times that on the board we have a pant rip counter. It's that bad. It's that bad. They sense whoever ripped their pants. And whenever it's not me, I need to find out who it was. Yeah. You seriously yeah. have a day since pants ripped? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'll take a picture of it and I'll send it to you on Instagram. Yeah, please do because we're going to post it. That is so yeah, definitely. funny. That is definitely hysterical. Good. I love it. <laughs> Well, Kyle, this has been awesome talking to you. So much fun. Uh, we appreciate cool, all the stories, especially sharing the touching stuff with your dad. Like that's really cool. I, uh, that's oh, really, really nice. And I think other funeral directors like hearing that stuff because it gives them that like, hey, this is why I do it. And funny stuff. Awesome. You're a great guy. And we appreciate everything you do. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.